practice. Yes, I am. We've been friends since we were in high school. Where are we at the moment? We're in Melbourne, hanging out near South Bank. What are we doing? What are we doing, guys? We're just standing <laughs> here recording your podcast, man. All right. All right. Um, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Um, well, native Australian, yeah. I was born here. I'm a professional professional musician. And, yeah, uh, my I grew up with an English grandmother, so my Australian accent might be a little bit different to some, but, yeah, there's that kind of... Some people have told me there's a bit of a blend. Really? Uh, I don't yeah. think I've ever noticed oh, well, anything cool. different. Cool. Well, there we go. Do people ever uh, mistake you for being from somewhere else, whether it's in Australia or overseas? Well, people with a really strong Australian accent will often ask me, where are you from? <laughs> so, and that's the, like, to me, I sound Australian, yeah. but... The only reason I'm saying it is because, yeah, some people with really strong Australian accents in sometimes, you know, like rural Australia or like different parts of the country will say, you know, like, where are you from? Uh, Like, are you South African or are you from England? To me, I sound nothing like either of those two, but it's just questions that I get asked. I had that the other day in the... um in the restaurant where I was serving two, two people who were obviously from England. And I think I walked up and was like, hey guys, you know, I'm ready to take your order. How are you going? And because I was speaking so, I guess, my accent is so sort of minimal Australian accent, the man was like, oh, which part of England are you from? And I was just <laughs> like, I'm just, a Mel- I'm just from Melbourne, you know? Like, I, th- I think I just speak, you know, I don't even know how to explain my accent, but it's not English, at least in my eyes. Yeah, no, I think... But- uh, it's very neutral. Yeah, very similar thing. I think it's just, um, yeah, there are parts of, you know, like with any country, like the uh, first country that comes to mind for me is like Ireland. Like some Irish people, like I'll be able to perfectly understand what they're saying, but yeah, then yeah, yeah. you get like the hardcore Irish accent. I'll be like, I'm sorry, man, I, I missed most of that. So... Yeah, there are different degrees of accent, obviously, and and then there's enunciation and just speaking clearly and the speed and how chilled out someone is or whatever. So do you find any parts of Australia particularly difficult to understand the accent of? Or is it does it tend to just be... I mean, I think it's more... The more rural you go, the harder it gets to understand Australians, but that can be rural areas of any part of Australia from my perspective and my experience I guess so yeah I think um, yeah just every now and then for me it's just sometimes I come across a particular person who doesn't really (laughs) um, speak clearly but then other than that I've never really had any trouble understanding any other Australian person like I've found certain Australian accents maybe irritating but um, not really, like, not hard to understand. I think just the, the colloquialisms or the phrases or the sayings that you get from one state to the other that might be different sometimes get confusing, I guess. All right, so we should probably get on to the words that I was going to run by, the words and phrases, and we can hear how you use them in your, you know, everyday language, or whether you would never use that at all. Yeah, cool. So the first one should be easy, Barbie. How would you use the word Barbie? Barbie. Um, 
I would. I've never used that word in my life. Really? Like, yeah. No. I would always say barbecue. So um, the only time I've ever said Barbie is referring to the the children's toy, like the doll. Because <laughs> um, I, yeah. But personally, I've never used the word Barbie in my life. Like I'll say, mm. I'll say barbecue. So how would you imagine a sentence would be formed with that word, though? If you were to make one up. Off the top of your head, how would you use the word Barbie? Now that you mention that, it's just occurred to me a word that will often be kind of used in conjunction with Barbie. Like, instead of saying having, it'll be having. So, we're having a Barbie on Sunday. Yeah. So, we're having a barbecue on Sunday turns into we're having a Barbie on Sunday. Exactly. Yeah. So, I think, yeah, just... It's almost like... You can't say both, can you? You can't really do the that change in pronunciation pronunciation, or that change in like slang where you start saying, oh, I'm having, I'm having this. You can't really then say, I'm having a barbecue. Yeah. You kind of have to do the whole, I'm having a barbie. Yeah, it's... It's, it's weird, isn't it? I just realised that too. I never thought of it's that. It's all or nothing. Like, you can't say, I'm having a barbie on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I'm having a barbie on Sunday. Or, and yeah, so it's it's almost like those things go together. That is so true. You can't really pick and choose. You kind of you're either someone who speaks with that kind of slang all the time, or not at all. Yeah. All right. The next one is Arvo, like afternoon. Do you ever use that word? Arvo. Yeah, I actually do. Mostly in texts. Yeah. Like so, like text oh, messages really? and that kind of thing. I'll say Arvo. Yeah. Um, just for the convenience of the text, but. If I'm speaking to someone, sometimes I'll, I'll say, yeah, I'll see you on Sunday Avo, um, or Sunday afternoon, or something like that, but it's, yeah, sometimes it can go either way, depending on who I'm talking to. Like, yep. if I'm talking to someone who has a really strong Aussie accent, I'll tend to drift more in the Aussie direction, whereas if I'm talking to someone like yourself, who's a bit more crisp with the way that they speak... I'll enunciate more useful words and say, let's meet up on Sunday afternoon rather than I'll catch up with you on Sunday afternoon. It's so funny that it's such a subconscious kind of thing. You don't you don't actively think about the language you implement. Yeah. And, and yet you do change between those two kinds of levels, I guess. And yeah, anyone that employs that full Aussie accent and slang and everything like that when they're talking to someone who clearly isn't from here, is a bastard. (laughs) (laughs) That's it too. Whenever I speak to people from overseas, within the first minute, you tend to be able to gauge how much of your English they can understand and at what level their English is at. Yeah. And then adjust, you know, to to meet them where they stand effectively. But it is funny when you meet those people who just for one reason or another, whether they will or won't do it, or they just don't care, Yeah, you kind of, yeah, you think you are really being hard on the person, you're being nasty to that person when you won't dumb it, not dumb it down, but change the way you speak in order for that person to understand you. Yeah, and to actually participate in the conversation, like you're just saying a whole lot of stuff and part of me thinks, yeah, you know damn well that they've got no idea what you're saying, maybe you're enjoying it, I don't know. But, um, yeah, anyway. So the next one is whoop whoop. Would you ever use the word whoop whoop? 
whoop whoop. I use the word whoop whoop if I am halfway through a sentence and can't think of something else to say when referring to somewhere a long way away that's near nowhere that I actually know about. So if I'm like, if I can't be bothered explaining to someone, yeah, I'm out way in the middle of the country somewhere that I can't even explain how to get there or what's close to here, I will say just out of laziness, yeah, we're out in the middle of whoop whoop. Like, as in, I can't even explain how to get here. I'm going to struggle to get back. Um, I'm just telling you that I'm a long way away and you can't find me. All right. Um, The next one is to do for a crust. To do for a crust. That's one of those more... It's rarer. Yeah, it is. It's definitely used by real Aussies, but... (laughs) It's not used by, I'd say, me and you. The kind of Australians that we are would not use that in everyday language. But it's definitely something, at least I recognise and know I've heard. Yeah. Probably in TV shows that are very Australian. Well, even when you just said it then, I had to wait until you said it a second time and then actually think, oh, what does that mean? Yeah. For me to actually realise what that meant. And, you know, what do you do for a crust? As in, what do you do for money? What do you do for a job? What is your... Like, so, no, I've never used that one personally. And um, it doesn't... It shouldn't come up very often. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, The next one is to go walk about. So, to go walk about, whether you're speaking about a person or an object or a thing, would you ever use that? And if you would, how would you use it in a sentence? The only time... I would ever use that if I is if I was referencing, you know, the movie Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> like, but, no, I would personally I would never use that. You know, someone like I've got friends that are like live out in the country a bit more or go camping a bit more than me or something like that. But to go walk about uh, as someone who lives in the city and all that kind of thing, I would I would not use that. What does it mean to you? To me, it means I'm in the very literal kind of sense it would mean I'm going camping out in the bush or the forest for a long period of time I've got no real plans on where I'm going I'm just making it up as I go along and going for a walkabout like I'm going walking around camping here seeing there so people might use it in the sense of like I'm going on a journey, either long or short, where I don't, I don't really have plans. I'm yeah. just kind of going. So I think the original, the origin of that term came from um, that initiation event for Aboriginal boys, wasn't it? When they were about nine or ten, and they got sent out into the bush, into the forest, into the you know the outback, with very very little, probably just some you know, a possum skin (laughs) and maybe a stone tool and they had to survive for a certain period of time and only after that period of time come back. Or they may... I think they may have even been led out by the family and then left and then had to find their way back home and that was the initiation event to say that you're now a man is if and when you found your way back home. And I think that was what that original walkabout term came from and that's why we would say you know my glasses are going to walk about because oh, they've disappeared yeah. but I'll have to verify that but I have a feeling that that was that original term that 
when Aboriginals learnt to speak English referred to it, or we referred to that event as going walkabout. Yeah, right. Well, now that you mention it, I have actually heard people say um, in reference to objects, like what you said, my glasses have gone walkabout, like, or my wallet has gone walkabout, or referring to an object like I've lost it it's gone somewhere I don't know where it's gone that's something I think my grandparents would often say yeah about things that disappeared whether it was their glasses or a book or something I think I especially my grandfather I feel like he would say more it would be more likely for him to say this than my parents or for me and he would say that it's gone walkabout I don't yeah. know where it is you know yeah yeah um the next one is bugger bugger do you use the word bugger no, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if if you want me to actually say the word that I use instead of bugger. It's a bit, like, bit harsher, is it? Yeah, it's a, <laughs> like I use kind of more severe and more single syllable, you know, f words, f- words <laughs> beginning with f. Yeah, what or is s. It? <laughs> profanities, yeah. like more single syllable, kind of simpler profanities. But bugger is definitely something that. Um, a couple of friends of mine say that my dad says... And when would they use this word? They would use it if something happened that is unfortunate or, like, and they're just hearing about it. So if if anyone listening is familiar with the term, like, oh, damn it. Like, if someone says, like, damn it, or something like... Um, you know, damn it, I dropped my phone or F word, I dropped my phone it's like, bugger, I dropped my phone Yeah. so um, or if you give someone unfortunate news, like, you know, I didn't get the job, and your friend is talking to you and they say, oh, bugger so, yeah it's like an expression of that is unfortunate and would you ever say bugger off? yeah! or bugger yourself? I personally I wouldn't but yeah some people do like they like the context in which I just explained it that's the context that I associate it with it like I associate with that word the most but then yeah someone to say oh bugger off like as in go away um leave me alone leave me alone bugger off like as in you could almost enter interchange bugger with the f word like f off yeah bugger off like uh, and then in the same kind of way when something happens and someone goes, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, think, oh, bugger. Like, it, the words are almost... It's in- a softer way, isn't it, of saying that, that F-bomb. Yeah. And what's what I find ironic is that bugger originally comes from the term for anal sex. Like, you would, <laughs> in the early 19th century, I think, that was what bugger literally meant. So, ironically, I think it was worse than something like the F-bomb originally if you told someone you were going to bugger them or to you know bugger off then but nowadays it's really really it's not polite but it's not really rude you could say bugger in front of a lot of people and it's almost kind of a cute way of swearing like you'd you'd almost laugh at it if someone would say it or it is kind of associated with um, rural Australia or being, you know, country more so than a real nasty word that you would ever say to someone and, you know, mean something really bad. If you were to want to do that, you would have to pick a different word. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's... Um, the the example that came to mind is, like, when I was living in California, um, 
a lot of people there would say, oh Lord. Uh-huh. Like they say, oh Lord. Like I can't do the accent, but they'd be like, oh Lord. And that is like, um, you know, a cuter, more PC version of being like, oh God. Or like, oh damn it. Or whatever. Yeah. And I think the Australian version is, yeah, like you said, is to say, oh bugger. Rather than to say, oh fuck. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Alright, the next one is Tantrum. Tantrum, yeah. I've never used that one personally, but... I, I'm Man, not you're sure. not using many of these words. Well, like, Tantrum, <laughs> I probably have used it here and there, but I don't use it frequently, probably because, you know, I swear a lot. Um, but Tantrum, yeah, that's definitely, like... You know, my... Uh, you know, friends that have kids and all that kind of stuff, they'll say my kid threw a tantrum like threw a tantrum as in my kid got really upset and started acting out like tantrum what where does that word come from because i know like i don't know but to me it's funny you said that about the children because i associate that with with young children as well it's it's kind of something that if you say tantrum to an adult when they're getting upset it's, it's patronizing very patronizing yeah <laughs> because you're you're effectively telling them they're having they're acting, they're, they're acting like a child yeah. getting upset about something yeah if a kid is throwing a tantrum it would be the kind of thing where for instance you would go to the shopping center and you would see a parent telling their kid no you can't have those chocolates no, you can't have that. You have to have dinner tonight. And then the kid starts to cry and to scream and, you know, sits down and starts kicking and making a fuss or getting upset. That's what I would call a tantrum. But if an adult were to do that, well, for one, you would imagine that adult's acting like a child. <laughs> and, yeah, you would just say, I guess if an adult was getting upset, you wouldn't expect them to do the, that kind of behaviour, which is what I associate with a tantrum. That's a really good point that you make because... Um, if you were to, to say like tantrum as in if you were to think that that word meant getting upset if you were to tell an adult don't throw a tantrum they would take that as a big insult like <laughs> you could say to someone it's okay don't be upset Yeah. and that would be a really nice thing to say but if you got upset and tantrum mixed up and said, it's okay, don't throw a tantrum... That's very they, condescending. Yeah, it's very patronising. It's effectively saying, don't act like a child. Yeah. yeah. Like, so tantrum is something that a child does. Yeah. Yep. All right. The next one is heaps of, tons of, loads of. Do you ever use any of those terms to express um, a lot of? Which is the standard one that you would use. All the time. Yeah. So, saying, oh, I have heaps of work to do. I have, uh, what was the other word? Like, so, tons of, loads of. Yeah. Like, I use, I have heaps of work to do, or I have tons of guitar picks. You can have some. Like, um, heaps of and loads of, as in, I have a lot of work to do or I have a lot of something. Um, Yeah, so I do use those ones a lot. And they're all interchangeable. They're all completely interchangeable. All right. To turf out or to turf something? To turf something. I've got some friends that use that definitely. Like, I'm going to turf this. 
Um, where does that come from? Does it refer to the turf as in the grass? Because sometimes people refer to like really yeah, expensive, yeah, yeah. really well-maintained grass yeah. as turf. And that's definitely what I associate the word on its own. To turf something, to in another it. sense, would be to lay down really nice grass. Yeah. But to turf something away or to turf something out or just to turf something something would mean to throw it out, to yeah. put it in the garbage, to get rid of it, to... You could be turfed out of a building. Yeah. You could be turfed out of a nightclub. Yeah. But that's one that I think I use quite a lot. I'd, you know, my parents will be like, um, we found these old clothes of yours. Do you want to keep them? And I'll be like, no, 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 turf it. Turf them. Turf it, yeah. I don't want them. It's all good. You can throw them in the bin. So rather than um, turf in that kind of sense, if someone said to me, you know, if my mum called me and said, I've just found these old clothes, my expression would typically be, get rid of it yeah so instead of saying yeah turf that i would more say yeah get rid of that it's fine yeah yeah what else have we got to be off to i'm off to the movies like because that's one when i thought of it i thought it's it's actually quite common in australia but i don't ever recall hearing an american or someone from the uk saying i'm off to I mean, I may be wrong. I've heard it um, in UK English a bit. Like, are you off to this or are you off to that? So, yeah, I definitely have heard that in the UK. So, yeah, yeah. Would you ever use that? Yeah, I do. I say, I'm off to the gym or I'm off to the movies or I'm off to Hawaii you know like I'll say like I'm off to somewhere as in I'm leaving to go to the gym yep you know I'm off to the gym oh awesome yeah and the last one which I'm almost certain you'll never say though you might say the second one is she'll be apples or she'll be right she'll be right I don't say she'll be right but I'll say it'll be right yeah so it'll be it will be right or it'll be right and she'll be right the same thing it's just like the really shortened lazy version of saying it will be all right so yeah typically we're lazy when we speak so we'll say it'll be right instead of it will be all right exactly so and then she'll be right i don't know where she as in the female kind of term came into that i don't really know the origin of that but that's like an even more Australian version of it'll be right. So who, what kind of people would you associate with saying she'll be right? She'll be right, mate. She'll be right. So the heavier... Or she'll be apples, mate. She'll be apples. Apples. I've never heard an Australian say apples. I've heard that come up in American English. Oh, really? Yeah, American English, but not so much Australian. But the kind of people who say she'll be right... It's almost like the more intense the Australian accent, the more likely they are to say, she'll be right. It, so For me, some, it's kind of... Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. It's what I would associate with mechanics. Yeah. Looking under the bonnet of your car, having a look and seeing that there's a problem, but saying, she'll be right, man, we can fix it. She'll be right. She'll be apples. She'll be apples. And then, in some ways, when you said she'll be right it's almost like you can't even distinguish that a she'll be right so sometimes I know that I've said if someone says will that be okay I've said oh I've said should be right 
as in it should be all right. Yeah. Not that I know for sure, but whatever it is should be all right. Yeah. So that is not in the 100%, yeah, definitely this is going to be okay, you'll be fine. It's kind of like the, it should be okay, so it should be right. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Okay, that's probably long enough for today. I think we've hit about 25 minutes. So until next time, guys, thanks for listening.